Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Man on the Post Weekend Review. I'm Dave and once again I'm joined by the Midlands Twins, Simon. How's it going, mate? Oh, stupendous. And Chris. Hello, how are we doing? Oh, good, good, good. Am I on safe ground with the Midlands Twins? Is that better than whatever I called it last time? Yeah, yeah. Mid- Midlands yeah. works, yeah. We're both from mate, Midlands. I mean, you can probably narrow it down if you like. I'll bear that in mind for next week. <laughs> good. We'll get Good. Just keep going. Closing it in, closer and closer, until we turn out <laughs> on your DNA journey and you two are related. <laughs> Imagine that. Anyway, um, what a weekend it's been for everyone except Sai. Um, we start with, um, once again, our, our absent colleague, Carl, um, who I'm sure watched his team, Everton, in good grace as they lost 2-0 to Manchester City. Um this was a this was extraordinarily dull, I thought, um, until Haaland got his two goals. But even then, wasn't great. Fair. Um, who wants first stab at this one? It's it's months, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's not particularly entertaining. You know they to win. Like it's, I, I thought Everton, I thought Everton did well from the highlights in the first half. They had sort of decent decent here stoppage. Um, but you just. I, I think ev- everyone was going to happen. You know, now Robo Gold had his his, uh, his updates to his software, <laughs> and he's he's up and running. De Bruyne back in. We just we all know what's going to happen. You know, the and we said I said last week the best uh, team that benefit the most from Arsenal beating Liverpool was probably Man City. You know, that result blowing the title race wide closed. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be a brave man to bet against Man City winning the league from here, but. Um... That said, I mean, they're still second, actually, but they have got that game in hand, and you just feel that once they get ahead, they aren't going to surrender it. Like some teams Everton did. Oh, yeah. here we go, here we oh, go. Oh, I, I didn't say nothing. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think as I said, I mean, Everton competed quite well for 70 minutes um, and stifled Man City, I think it's probably fair to say, but um, once once De Bruyne came on, it just felt like a matter of time before they'd, they'd break them down. Um, Everton... Still in the bottom three, they're obviously hoping to get some of these points back. But like, at what point do we ignore the fact that you know they, they haven't won in six games now? I think it is. Is it that? Oh, I didn't. Wasn't they on run like that? That's um, what I mean. Like, I think they everyone's had quite a good run at one stage, didn't they? So it's yeah. Kind of diluted things. That's it. Bit. I think everyone's a bit blinded by it. It's like, well, we'll get some of those points back, and they won those games before Christmas, but they haven't won in a while now. <laughs> yeah. Um... I'm not wholly surprised by that because I mean we like, Villa played them a few weeks ago, um, and then we drew nil nil at their place, and it, it was a fucking dog of a game. And, but but that's what you're going to get with the Sean Deutsch team. You know he's they've let's be honest, they they have got fairly good players from like an attacking point of view. I think all season you kind of looked at them and, and thought you can't really see where where the goals are going to going to come from and. 
you know, when, when you're playing against decent teams, of, of which, you know, there's, there's a few decent teams knocking about, and if you can't score goals, it's difficult to, to go week after week hoping sort of keep them out and something on a set piece. So I think, yeah, the, it'll be interesting. I think, I think I heard something like it's the end of the month that there's a decision on that first charge um, to see what, what points, if any, they'll get back. But even, I mean, I, I can't imagine them back. Say if they got, I don't know, four, that puts them on 23 points. You know, they'd, they'd still be well in it. Um, I think they probably will be okay, just because I'd, I'd always back Sean Dyche to do enough to, to grind out enough results. But, you know, that, I think it's going to be touch and go all the way from now to the end of the season for them. Yeah, there's um, then. As you said, they are limited. Um, 26 goals in 24 games kind of says its own story. Um, there's only the two clubs below them have got less, um, which I guess makes sense. Um, we'll not spend any more time talking about Man City because they are just in that phase where ev- every week they seem to play someone average at home and they beat them, and then we go, oh, it's that time of year again. So. Did you say that? Did you say their bench? Who Man City's? Uh... Man City's bench was like that. They they bought on Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, Grealish. I'm just looking at that. Kyle Walker. Don't forget, don't forget Kyle yeah, Walker. Kyle came Walker. On. Yeah. Ab. Ab. I think that, that, that just shows like you know again they again they like you say they're just it's just inevitable, isn't it? Like that they're going to do it. It's ten wins in a row now in Austin for them, and they're they're like. <clears throat> They're, they're the ones that you know are capable in 16, 17 plus games, with, like winning the one, especially you know, this is the time of the season where they just kick into that, that gear, don't they? Yeah, that's why with Arsenal, in a way, I'm kind of glad that we're behind them. So, because I think the problem is, and I've mentioned this before, is when, you, when you're looking behind you and you're mm. seeing that coming, it's going to have an effect, isn't it? So, if you can just, at the moment, if I was Arsenal, my task would stay with. Yeah. And if something does happen, brilliant. If it doesn't, Oh well, you know. I think you just get a little bit more control of your destiny, um, because yeah, having, having that juggernaut bearing down on you is mad. Like, look at it. Um, they were they were saying in the game yesterday that Haaland hadn't seen the Premier League since like this early December, I think it was or something, and he's still clear top scorer in the league. Uh, you, you know, and I know there haven't been a loads of Premier League games in, in between them, but it's still ridiculous. Yeah, it is quite odd that he's still out now, uh, top scorer despite not playing for probably what eight games all in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh well, just goes to show, doesn't it? <laughs> um, uh, elsewhere, then um, the next game we'll cover, we'll stay in the title race and we'll look at Liverpool three, Burnley one. Um, I was briefly in uh, Australia for the first half an hour or so of this um, before I had to leave, and uh, Burnley were, were were quite good. Um, certainly in the first Not fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, that the. the I haven't watched a lot of Burnley this season other than highlights for some reason they're, like, they're never on telly which you know I'm not that surprised at but um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no they were they were quite reasonable but undone the uh, the English Vicario really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Took out by his own player as well. Well, took, he, he he took himself out by no. hitting his own player. I mean, like Diego Jota. Diego Jota is a good striker, good finisher, but he shouldn't be scoring from a corner, really. Like he's not a big lad, is he? Um, so that was the first. That was the, the end, really, for Liverpool. I mean, I know Burnley got level after that, but um, it was. Uh, Poor goalkeeping, really. Um, thought on this one? I, I was surprised about how many you could carve out. Mm. 
And like, I say, I've said it multiple times. Like, I, I, I'm never impressed with, and yet they're 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 top of the table, you know, which obviously is, is a credit to them at the end of the day. But when the team like Burnley, we sat here week in week out saying they just the way they play, they're just waiting for a spanking, aren't they? Um, recently, um, when they can carve out that many, it does make you worry about Liverpool a little bit. Obviously, we saw what happened against Arsenal last week. Um, but it, it does make me think that if they do come across a side who are on it, that they could potentially get punished. You know, they're they're ruthless at one end, which is great. But I think if they meet somebody as equally as ruthless, I, I think the wheels could come off slightly. But you know, you never know. They're one of these teams, aren't they? Like, I, I don't, I don't feel like the season when they won the title, they were particularly at their best either. Mm. Um, you know, but they, you know, they did enough, they did enough to win it, and that's all you can do. Um, obviously, I'm not going to comment, you know, about Jurgen Klopp uh, walking around Anfield and fist pumping. <laughs> Three sides of the ground after the game, but you know he'd have done that. Would, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Burnley. Uh, yeah, I mean, thirteen points at the stage of the season isn't isn't great. Um, this was a fantastic weekend for Derby County, um, and by that I mean a fantastically bad weekend for Derby County because Sheffield United got the points that mean they will remain the worst side in Premier League history for another year. Um, in my football manager save, they're unbeaten in four seasons. You know, so let, let them have that a little bit instead. Well, there you go. You're better than Paul Jewell. Well done. There you go. Liverpool missed Allison for this one um, with a, a mystery injury. It wasn't the illness that, that felt Joe Gomez of all people? Oh, okay. They they did they did they did say on match of the day that it was illness, didn't they? Well, well Klopp's press conference. He said Allison had a thing, which. I mean, I mean, you know. Virgil van Dijk dropped him last night. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it can't have been a cool because Alisson couldn't catch a cool last week, so I mean, he can't possibly have caught something this week. Great I material. Think Keller looked pretty good though. Yeah. I think it's a matter. Two two young goalkeepers on show, and he looked like the one who <laughs> was a goalkeeper. Well, that's a, plus, that's a massive plus for a minute. Um, I think he will surely want to move to somewhere he's going to play though at some point, like. Yeah, Wolves, Wolves have been linked with him for a couple uh, of years. So I time. remember last in the summer when Jose Sao had his, his annual link with uh, going anywhere else and uh, obviously didn't. <laughs> but um, yeah, surely he'll be getting a move at some point. Um, any more thoughts on Liverpool Burnley? Um, that's, I kind of just saying in terms of they you, Liverpool always kind of do look vulnerable at the back. I think, in a way, when you're playing against them, it almost is a bit like the sort of when you play against Man City in terms of you're better off trying to have a go at them. Like, if you sit back, so much quality that you're just going to get done. Like, you can get it. The problem is, they are, you need to be really, really good defensively. And and I think that's that's what we say with 100% confidence that Burnley are not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> worst worst team in the division for conceding set pieces, aren't they? I mean, how do it? A shame this weekend they played the team who was the best record at scoring set pieces. Is that you, um, is that you? Is it? Yeah, we've got them set down. But, oh, well. uh, but you know, you'd you'd think set piece golf didn't count. Well, listen to some of the commentary on Sunday, but when <laughs> Liverpool were banging them in, it was all fucking great. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Well, oh, that's because, you know, Liverpool, I don't know if you know, they, they invent scoring game set pieces. Uh, <laughs> Did you, know, see the, uh, the the <laughs> you see the thread on Twitter? You see the thread on Twitter? 
magnificent. Yeah. The thing, things Liverpool invented, and there was just a. Yeah. A, a yeah 20, no, I've, I've completely missed it. It was like a. Uh, I'll a, send it. To a, it was a 26 post thread of like Liverpool claim they were the only team to have done it, and it was things like clapping the fans, <laughs> just like. Oh, yeah. Um, something you enjoy. Um, elsewhere, um, Fulham three, Bournemouth one. Um, do you want to waste much time on this? It's kind of. Bournemouth had Bournemouth a good run. Yeah, they've now not won in no, five. So bad. They've shipped 44 goals, which is pretty bad. Um, like for comparison, Everton have only shipped 32, um, and Bournemouth the 13th. So, Dom Slanky counts for a lot, apparently. <laughs> they had quite a good run, but then I watched the highlights of this game, and yeah, their defence was like popper all over the place. Mm. Like. The goal that the goal that won a good goal, but that's about the only good that they did. Like I've I've never seen. To be fair, Fulham weren't much better at times. I've never seen highlights of a game where two just wanted to give the ball to each other in the 18-yard <laughs> box. Like I'm, I, I saw that this one, and I was thinking, how can a game that was three-one be last on match of the day after Brent after? And then I kind of. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it was an archetypal lower mid-table game, shall we say? Um, Rodrigo Muniz. Um, in form for Fulham. Do you know anything about him or not? Not a clue. No, me, me, me. But we're, we're playing Fulham next weekend, so I'm sure I'll find out what about him. Oh, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Um, yeah, we'll leave that one well alone then. Um, Luton 1, Sheffield United 3. Bit of a surprise as Luton have been in reasonable form. Uh, Ross Barkley was the greatest midfielder of all time last weekend. Um, not so much this week. Um were either you eating a sandwich during this, or...? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the only thing I remember about this new dodgy... Uh, this, is, this is the one with the two dodgy handball decisions, the pen, yeah. I, I enjoy it. Like, why does Jonathan Pierce only get matches which have like loads of VAR in it so he can complain about it? Like, he said... <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that when I... To be fair, when I was watching matches today, I was like, is, is he, has he been employed to... Commentate on opinion, please. Oh, he's always. I, I don't think he was at the ground. I think he just sends that comment. Oh, he's yeah. like, use this one. Lads. He's <laughs> yeah. very much like an old man yells at cloud type character by this point. Like he's just, he hates the tech. Do you remember when he, you remember when he was the big thing in, foot, in football commentary? Like I think we discussed this this week. He was, he was the hype man in football, wasn't he? He was. You he, know, and he was doing like he was doing robot wars and all of that because he used to get people excited about stuff. And now he can Danny Murray. I, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon Sir Killalot shoved like an arm up his ass or something, and it's, it's, <laughs> and it's like he's essentially being raped by a robot, and he doesn't like it. Well, there's the episode title. <laughs> the two handball fucking. See, I, I, I don't think I think the one where um, Burke handballed it. I think that was wasn't too bad. The, the other one where the guy was looked like he was yeah. the YMCA was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean the the um that did that Luton. No, no, it was the... Is it the no, it's the Sheffield United. Oh, I can't remember. It was the, what, first, what? the first one. The first one, yeah. It's, so that was... Uh, but Sheffield United got, got the penalty. Yeah, they got the yeah. penalty. But like, the, I, like, one of the biggest indicators I think you can have on, on a football pitch is if there's been, like, a foul or, like, a proper handball or something like that is reaction of players. Yeah, in fact, of not players a single United player even made, like, a half ass. <laughs> they, don't know, they don't know what football is. This is... This, <laughs> and, and no one knows the rule. Well, you, you say that, but surely they did. They managed by like Chris Wilde, the Premier League manager, so he, <laughs> surely he'll have got them. 
have them well drilled. But, you know, the, the fact both managed coming out such a day saying neither of them are penalties, it, it kind of tells you everything for me. I, I'm glad you can understand what we were saying in his post-match interview, because <laughs> I, I didn't have a clue. I thought he'd been reading Eric Cantona's book of poetry. <laughs> I had no idea what he was about. He mentioned he said something, something about getting on the get having a few beers. Yeah, like, on the bus what? home. But yeah. I think he he'd already had a couple. Yeah. <laughs> like someone's fucking dad had just wandered into the tunnel at the end of the game. That's basic happens. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be better off, I think. Like, I mean, this this that the result it won't do anything to United. They're still going to go down. But it's a bad one for them. They you say they're in. I think they only lost one of the first ten going into that game. And obviously, we all saw Sheffield United last Saturday evening. <laughs> no one's, yeah, it's a poor one for them, really. It is, because they've really built up some momentum and had a good chance to get out of, you know, we're not out, you know, really out of danger. It could have been on 23 with a game in hand, which is against Bournemouth. That's potentially, you know, another, you get a 24, 26 from that. And that's really like a good cushion, um, given, you know, what they're up yeah. against. But uh, they've blown that opportunity um, with this aberration of a result. Um, <laughs> but Sheffield United, are they done? Have they got any chance to come back from what's effectively know. eight points? I can't see it. I was going to say, this This was a shock. I, I just don't see it. No. You know. The next two are Brighton at home. That's the thing. Both of those teams, could they could... They could snatch results out you'd, you'd, the way the, the way things are going, but I don't know. This just, I just, just, it's just, I don't think they've just got enough about. No, I'd, I'd be very surprised if they got out of it. But uh, yeah. I suppose you've got to play devil's advocate and ask these questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be astounded if either either um, Sheffield United or Burnley stay up. Like I, I just mm, can't yeah. see. Yeah. And we were the same at the start of the season, to be quite honest. So it's. Uh, <laughs> Not not good. Um, what should really have been on TV, and I'm surprised it wasn't, was uh, Tottenham 2, Brighton 1. Um, two good teams like to attack each other. Um, and it turned out that we um, finished 2-1 to Tottenham with a 96-minute winner, um, which has become a bit of a thing for Tottenham. This game saw a lot of really late goals. Um, easy to see this. What's your take on this? So I'll go to you because I imagine Chris will just tell us that Tottenham are pricks or something. But... Uh, I mean, to, to be honest, <laughs> this this is annoying. I I didn't begin. <laughs> like, I, I, I I think about like, four ninety five minutes. I checked my phone and saw it was one one, and then um and then like I went out and just like that game had finished one one. It was until like a couple of hours later. I was on Twitter and I was like, why are these Villa fans like saying like, we have to win after the Tottenham? And then I was like, ah. Oh, you... uh-huh. <laughs> I watched the highlight. I mean, it was a really, really good game. I think a draw would have been a fair, fair result. Like Brighton had a lot of chances as well. Um, the equalising goal, the Spurs was quite unlucky for Brighton as well. Almost like properly cut the cross out and comes back to Sar. Uh, I mean, fair play to them on going and getting the winner, but it was it was annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. It was an entertaining game. It's quite weird that they they, they were calling this the chaos game because mm. of the, the the game earlier on in the season where it was four two and they were like, oh, it's because it's two unrelenting teams who <laughs> just like to attack. Otherwise known as who can't defend. Yeah. <laughs> um, glass half, how many glass half full? Like, <laughs> I've got to say, right? You know, so last week, Vicario, um, James Trafford. Hmm. Uh, I think Brendan Johnson has 
spent a lot of his time growing up. Instead of watching like videos of his dad, um, watching videos of Theo Walcott. Because <laughs> there's a lot of fucking similarities in there. That that boy is not clever. Like I don't think he when when he when he, when he taps in that winner because he looked nonplussed about it. it but yeah, he he makes was... bad. He did nearly miss as well. He must have really rifled at the roof of the net like <laughs> he can't have everything. Um, yeah, he doesn't. He, do, he doesn't. Make, he gets into good position. He doesn't make good decisions. He gets into good positions, but yeah, doesn't make good decisions. God, I think I had a stroke. Said again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Um, Timo Werner has been at Tottenham since the turn of the year, and he was the greatest January transfer signing of all time. <laughs> has he been? Did he play in the same? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know this. <laughs> Um, and I think you need to redefine the way to winning the transfer window. <laughs> I mean, is that a, a no? <laughs> but but what what did anyone expect? I, I, like Sands Glee, that Tottenham fans that signing was like. Oh, you yeah. have seen their other transfer in the past. Like, yeah. They're good at buying defenders. Um, <laughs> attacking players, not so. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of... He's gone to, I kind of thought... You think he'd come back with a bit with a point to prove? Um, yeah, I, as, as I said, I, I didn't even realise he was... No, well, he got subbed off for an hour. Um, it's just like the same as he was at Chelsea, but now he's on the wing. Like it's just There's no end <laughs> product whatsoever. Um, and he's offside quite often. But never mind. It's all right. Um <laughs> The highlight of this game for me, I temporarily uh, got thrown out of Australia and uh, had to go to India for 15 minutes or so when I watched this match. And um, all that happened was Lalana got the ball and Romero kicked him really hard. So the next time Romero got the ball, Lalana kicked him really hard. And I thought, oh, it's going to end one way. And then Lalana got the ball a third time and got absolutely twatted. <laughs> Needed. <laughs> Needed treatment and, just, and Romero didn't get booked. And I was like, oh well. Like why are you such a delicate? <laughs> like why are you so stupid? But anyway, the ref didn't book him. I thought, well, that's just he's given him a license to keep being a knob. So serves you right. I mean, uh, I I mean he, if if there's if there's one player playing in the Premier who's desperate for blue card syndrome thing not to come into effect, <laughs> it's Romero. He doesn't get yellow cards. He'll be fine. Uh, he'll be, he'll be, <laughs> He'll be a bastard smurf by the time this is finished. He'll be blue all over. Um, aye, so the Tottenham juggernaut, quote unquote, is now in the top four. Um, I just, I just don't understand how they do it. Like they, they, they never seem to win a game conventionally, but nevertheless, that's what they are. Um, the other game on Saturday, which we haven't yet talked about, was Wolves nil, Brentford two. Um, I thought Wolves would probably win this after the good form they've been on, but. Uh, Seems that Cooney got injured early on, and Chan Chang, yeah. why, what's he called? He Chan Huang got uh, injured in training, so that was a blow. Um, as a result, Brentford won two nil. Um, Wolves had nothing. I did that. As soon as Cooney went off, absolutely nothing. Pretty poor. I mean, Brentford. I think we all thought have been, you know, hanging on for Tony to return. Um, have you been surprised by how? Quickly, he sort of hit the ground running to came back. Or do you know what? I didn't realise his scoring record it was. They said on match today he's got mm. 30, 35 in seven. Yeah, that's, in the that's one in two. <clears throat> that's absolutely insane. Yeah, in, I honestly realise it, 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 it. You know, I know he scored like twenty goals last season, but you know, the goals getting. You know, it depends. Like some people say, he scored twenty goals last season, but four of them could have been in the Premier League. He could have got a couple of hat tricks in the League Cup or something. Sometimes. Um, but no, um, yeah, he's what scored three in three in his four games. Huh? Scored in three, yeah, three so, of his yeah. first four games. But 
Um, yeah, he settled straight in. But again, like he, if he wants this big this big move that they're saying he's going to get in the uh, in the summer, it's what he's got to do in it. And every goal, just you know, a few hundred grand on top of the price. It certainly does. Um, although his contract is running out, so the question is. Does it add value quicker than his value decreases from his contract running down, Chris? Oh, the English tax as well, though. <laughs> English tax, and he's played <coughs> in the Premier League before, you know. Yeah. So mm. that, that stops any depreciation, apparently. That's how it, that's how it works. He'll only have yeah. a year left on his deal, so... Yeah. I, I think, I think it, it will cut whoever, you know, it will cost a decent amount of money, because yeah. he's, as you, you know, you mentioned his goal-scoring record there. It, that's... That that's a good record for like at the top, you know, around sort of fifth, sixth, seventh in the league. Yeah. So you have that record at Brentford, you know, a decent mid table yeah. ceiling, really. Yeah. That that is that's really. Yeah. And he does miss. He misses a lot of games, not just because he's like likes a flutter. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think he's ever had like a massive run in the team. Yeah. You know, because obviously we've seen Embuemo uh, and and Wissa. You know, we we've seen quite a lot of them. You know, even before he suspension, uh, because he was out of the team in and out of the team quite a lot. So he, he's a consistent threat and everything, but he's also 28. Um, yeah. You know, which, you know, you've got to take into consideration. I, I think if they get 50 to 60 million for them, they should, they, you know, they should be snatching people's hands off for it. I don't think they're going to get... Oh, that definitely. Being no, I get that. Absolutely not. I just, so, like, from, from, from the Brentford view, they've obviously, they've got to try and replace them. And there's not, you know, as, as we kind of mentioned earlier, Harland, clear as the top goal scorer with what maybe 14 15 goals despite missing it's difficult goals regular goals like centers as well out and out centers there's not many of them knocking around so be mm. brentford replace that it's gonna it's gonna cost quite a bit of money but to be fair and, t- teams like brentford aren't gonna do that are they well, yeah. so if they if they sell in 15 quid they're then not gonna go and spend a million on a striker yeah yeah they're are. gonna go out and buy more players aren't they like yeah. when spurs sold gareth bale you know, that they went out and bought like fifteen random kids off the street, um, you know, and 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 tried to bulk their squad up that way. I'm that's what Brentford did. I imagine they'd buy, you know, they'd look at their squad and say, right, we need a centre back, a midfielder, and a striker. If we get sixty million for him, that's twenty million on each you can spend. Yeah, and their recruitment. Was, yeah, it's pretty good. You'd back, you'd back them. Yeah, and it's like the, the point on, on Tony. Um, you know, kind of in and out. Like, you know, get, he gets like a few injuries. If he goes, you go to a bigger team. You've got a bigger squad. You can rotate a bit more. Brentford's fit. You obviously you have to play him every single game, don't you? Whereas yeah. if you at, you'd say if you went to, you wouldn't have to play him in every single oh, game. He'd be on our bench. <laughs> so, hand on heart, where do you think he's going to end up? I, see, I'm not sh- uh, sure. I would prefer us to try and sign uh, Osterman. Uh, I think Tony would know, but. Uh, if Chelsea, like, I, I wouldn't want to get into that that argument with them because they, you know, we're not, they're just throwing money at the situation. And you know, if, if Arsenal said right, if we can get him for fifty mil, let's have him. But if you start getting into his seventies, eighties, well, so, nah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I, I think there are other players that we could go for, and you know, and maybe just get a bit more out of. But yeah, I, I, I put, I think if Chelsea's probably going up there, potentially I, Man United could go in. For- see, I, I don't think, I don't think to Chelsea because you mentioned he's right, he's twenty eight. 28, 29, something like that. Yeah. So he's he'll he'll to leave Brentford. He'll be wanting to go to a club that are playing in Europe, and there's yeah, no true. guarantee that Chelsea, you know, anytime soon. Yeah, but he's got to get his losses back, as not he? But yeah, I, I don't know. To be fair, I think it, I think, but I don't think Newcastle are going to spend that money on someone 28 years old. Is. No, probably not. And he's been here before. Mm. 
Unless we can pay ourselves a percentage uh, sell-on fee, which would be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, time will tell. I, I mean, I think uh, Arsenal probably makes the most sense at the moment, I would say, but who knows. Um, that leads us into the Saturday tea time game, um, where the Mighty Mags won 3-2 at Nottingham Forest. Um, probably the worst 3-2 I think I've ever seen <laughs> in terms of... like. I don't remember either goalkeeper making a save. <laughs> um, Bruno Gamara's won the game for Newcastle. He scored twice. He's a wonderful footballer. Uh, I'll miss him when he's gone. Um, Dan Byrne's still very slow on the turn. Martin Dubravka... What, what's happened to Dan Byrne? Because like, you've um, raved about him for a bit since you had your, your change. You'll have bought a meal wherever it was. <laughs> but um, did you, play, you played Fulham in the FA Cup, didn't you? Yes, and he was very good. And I watched that game and... Dan Byrne was like, man, the man was up and down, he's brilliant from, mm-hmm. from from the bits I saw and everything. Ever since that game, I think he's been at fault for almost every game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the reality is, I mean, that Fulham game, they weren't a great opponent. Um, they didn't cause a lot of issues. Um, against Villa, he was excellent for an hour until Leon Bailey came on and ran him to death. Um, it's um, The problem is, like last season, he had a lot of cover down that side, so... We'd play Joe Willock in front of him, we'd have Joe Linton in front of him, and between the three of them, they'd get things sorted out. Um, neither of those players have really played much this season, um, and as a result, he and the rest of the back four, to be fair, the same, they don't have an awful lot of protection. Um, Burns an obvious target, with wingers obviously quick, pacey, Dan Byrne is not those things, so in, tra- in transition, he's a nightmare. <laughs> it's like, if he's, if he's like anywhere up the field, and the ball goes in behind him, he ain't catching anybody. Um, again, another thing that helped him was that when Nick Pope was around, Nick Pope um, plays a good 10 yards further forward than Dubravka. Quite good at, at sweeping up, which I didn't expect from when we signed him, but he's much better at it than Dubravka. Um, so again, there's that problem as well. Uh, plus, you know, he's a year older and he's fundamentally built as a six foot seven centre-half who's been playing left-back. So um, these are all factors, I think. Um, some of those things, as I say, kind of spread across the whole team not just him but he's he's an easy target for teams because it's like a quick man versus slow man who's going to win um and we saw that on the, on the forest first equalizer um they also equalized with a horrendous deflected shot um before bruno scored a lovely little finish out of the box um Great boy. Oh, lovely. Oh, yeah, yeah. good and um I, I mean, we deserve to win, don't get us wrong. I would be interested to see both your opinions on the penalty Forrest didn't get, because um, I've seen a lot of people saying it was a penalty, and I just I just don't see it at all. I don't, I don't think it at all. I think he put his, Aye, I mean, he, he put, he, he put his foot into, into um, Dubravka's um, armpit, didn't he? I think and, he did. And, and, and then went down. He, well, he was already, I think he was already on his way down anyway, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think it was a tip at all. I, I, I don't, was amazed to see people saying they fought on. I don't think Dubravka helped himself by flailing wildly at a ball that was well past him, but like, it didn't it didn't affect anything. Yeah. Simon, any thoughts? I, I, I think he might slightly got away. Like, it's one of those, you've seen them given, and if it had been given... Yeah, but I saw Diogo... I, 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 I demand him at the end, but, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't think... It didn't... I'm just trying to um, early, quite early on in Newcastle. I think you played Brentford at home. Didn't you get like Anthony did a very yeah. similar thing. I think didn't they? And you got the penalty for that one, didn't you? We did. Yeah. So it's it's one of those. Like, if that if that's been, if that's at the other end before the penalty, like it's 
And it's not like a blatantly blatant, like, like some of the ones that you see in this season, but I, I, I think Newcastle have slightly gone with that one. I mean, the same ref gave Diego Jota a penalty against us for... Well... For... <laughs> That, I, that was very Diego Jotter-esque, because that's the same sort of thing he does, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it didn't affect the result that night, but my God, like it was just its one of the oddest decisions I've ever seen. Um, but anyway, um, I think Anthony Taylor's a very average ref. I know he's like England's representative in a lot of things, but I just think he overcomplicates every match he refs. It's weird. Like He doesn't just give straightforward decisions. He just ends up with, like, by the end of this one, he had like players going down under what were very obvious fouls. He's waving play on him, like... You're just a lunatic for both teams. You don't help anybody. But anyway, we got the win. That's all that matters. It wasn't convincing, but uh, at the stage of the season, who gives a shit? Let's just win the games. Um, <laughs> on to Sunday, and another team who didn't give a shit were West Ham, who... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chelsea have just won the game in injury time. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, Conor Gallagher. Anyway, um... West Ham didn't bother turning up to play Arsenal and got beat 6-0. Chris, take it away. Yeah. They were at home. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. West Ham, like Arsenal, and um, we missed so many. Well, I wouldn't say we missed chances, like, score them, but we we just, we were getting chances and we were going close. But usually when you have that sort of game, you, especially as an Arsenal fan recently, you get to the point where you're like, oh, no, this is going to cost us later. You know, at some point, Declan Royce is going to give away a penalty against his old club and they're going to do, do us because they've already beaten us twice. This um, but then as soon as Saliba scored, I was just like... Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just, we're gonna win this. I don't see any problems. And then suddenly it was four nil. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was abs abs. Um, although to if you were watching on Sky Sports, you would generally think that Arsenal were having the worst game of football ever. And Sam Allardyce had rocked up in the d- dugout. Or, like they just can't say anything nice about us. And I, I really do not at all. Um, it was absolutely insane. I, I thought that was the best game, the best game we've played in, in quite a long time. Uh, we're unbeaten to the turn of the year. We've scored, and we score an average of four goals in every game. And yet, all I'm still hearing is people going, "Well, you know, imagine if they signed a striker." We've just won six nil. <laughs> like, you could have won ten with a striker. Yeah, it's like absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that West Ham fans were booing Declan Rice. Um, I found it brilliant when he scored fucking a fucking. Super goal against them. and he, you know, he assisted two of the goals against them. Um, you know, and fair play, he didn't celebrate until he got into the. Um, but yeah, like fucking to boo him was absolutely ridiculous. But I suppose all the West Ham lads got to go, go and walk around the shopping centre for a bit at half time, um, but they all fucking left <coughs> in their droves. That um, was, uh, but yeah, one of the biggest walkers I've ever seen. That I mean. To be, to be fair, a lot of the people in that one pit that was going around, I think the one that I shared as well, the, the one area in the middle isn't outside the ground. It's actually where their food, they've got like a food. Oh, right, okay. So where there's like a big concentration of people in the middle, they've got like, they've got food vendors outside. Like a few grounds have it now, where they've moved off, off the concourse onto a bit, sealed off outside. It's some, they do it at cricket grounds, and I think Twickenham's got something similar at the rugby as well. So, it, but there was the ground was practically... Um, by the time, but you know, I think by the time, um, by the time Royce's goal went in, I think when Saka scored his, his second, um, the ground was practically empty then. So a lot of them didn't even see Declan Royce, you know, finish it off two minutes later. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought really good. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, discourse with the uh, um, the fact that Arsenal had quite a few young players on the bench and didn't use many of them. 
in the game, but you know, um, there was a lot of problems because Cedric came on, you know, who, you know, he, he came on um, the player we've been trying to actively get rid of, um, <laughs> but he he came on to give Ben White a rest. But one of the things that a lot of people didn't seem to pick on, he came on with Ethan Nanwari, who's like 16 years old. Now, a lot of players were like, "Oh, bring Raul Walters on." So this isn't just that other football fans are idiots. Arsenal fans are massive idiots as well. Um, but they were going, oh, you know, we're six and up. We should bring Rural Waters on. If you're if you're Rural Waters and you're seeing Cedric come on, you know, you, you should just rip your contract up and leave the club. And it's not that simple. This isn't football manager where you can just drop any player into position and they'll play. Like, Nanwari's only made, like, one appearance for, like, last season he came against Fulham for a little bit. And again, I think we were, like, 4-0 up at the time. Um, you know, but they still had Kudus and Bowen on the, on the the in the game at West Ham. So it's right saying, oh, bring the bring Namwari in. So Real Walters is a centre back who can play right back. He hasn't never made a senior appearance. Um, so suddenly, if you'd have brought both those players on our right, and suddenly our right hand side's a weakness. Jared Bowen, he's probably even though they were six 0 down, Jared Bowen's still having a go because he's that sort of player. If Jared Bowen had to come on and you know run run um, run Real Waters ragged, scored a couple of goals to make it six two, you know suddenly our, our, our goal difference is level with men, and then it then it wouldn't have been. You know that that sort of thing can have an effect on a young player. You know, whereas Cedric plays in the under twenty ones, can you coaching badges? Can you allow so many um, overage players? And he plays right back in behind rules anyway, uh, behind Ethan Nanwari anyway. So it's good opportunity for him to come and marshal him through the game as well. You know, give him that little bit of familiarity. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of discourse in the Arsenal fans. I've never seen us win so comprehensive and see a lot of Arsenal fans still moaning about it, um, which was absolutely insane. But but yeah, like I say. All the talk of us needing a striker, we, yeah, we averaged four goals a game since December. So I, I, I think we'll be all right. Um, I'm quite happy with where we are in the league. Like I was saying earlier on, I'd rather us be in the chasing pack than being hunted down. I think there's a little less pressure on us. Um, you know, we've got a decent draw in Europe um, as well. You know, so I think we'll just carry on and, and make the most of it. You know, yeah, West West Ham were, were a shambles, um, but I don't want to take that to take apart um, from just how well we were going forward. Like, I don't think there was a single Arsenal player that was that looked out of it in any way. And I think I sat here last week and says the difference between us and Liverpool is that like Liverpool are a ruthless team going forward, and Arsenal hadn't been that. And I think I think even last this 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 game against West Ham last season was one of the games that cost us. We were two 0 up. Mm. We missed a penalty, and then they came back and and I think you could tell that was in our mind because we never let up on them until, until I think it was only after Roy it was kind of a bit like well, maybe we can try to take our foot off the gas a little bit here. Uh, whereas I say even I'd say even we'd have probably been two 0 up two 0 up after like forty minutes. And kind of took our foot off the gas a little bit, but we did. We we didn't this time. We we went for the throat. We certainly did. Um, not many times you win six and away from home. Um, away from Arsenal for a minute. Um, West Ham. We talked about this before, but I feel like they're absolutely desperate to sack Roy Hodgson. Uh, sack um, <laughs> Roy He's on the screen at the minute. Uh, sack uh, David Moyes. Um, he uh, he obviously won them the European Cup last year, which was great for them. I feel like it's bought them. What's you know bottom this season? His contract's up in the summer. Um, there's no chance he stays now, is there? Surely. Yeah, no. To be fair, he was furious as well, wasn't he? Like he he said he. Well, he's always kind of he, mad, isn't he? Like it's hard to tell. Yeah, but like he he was furious. 
So like he said, like it, the, the, everyone was up for the players, the staff, everything. Like he, he didn't hide from it whatsoever. And I think you could tell during um, multiple instances in that game, he, he looked furious dur- during the game. Like I so say, West Ham did no favours at all. Like um, Kurt Zuma, like I, I think at one point we were like when when a couple of our crosses in for our you know we're, we're well known that we like to pull to the back post for our um, um, set pieces especially since Declan Rice has been taking it and you think they'd know how Declan Rice can take a set piece um, but there were multiple occasions where Kurt Zuma as a defender actually quite rated was just basically spinning around on the like as the ball was being played you know just like you're not going to get anywhere doing that are you? Well you just kept playing over Suchek who's obviously like the biggest man so I mean that was pretty poor <laughs> preparation really like it wasn't uh, wasn't well rehearsed from West Ham at all. Um, but we see it time and time again where a manager's contract running out and players just start to think, well, he's not going to be here next season, so who gives a shit? Like, we're not going anywhere. Um, and that's what it feels like to me. I just... Yeah, I mean, maybe. Kurt Zuma, as you say, I think has actually been very good for West Ham, uh, cat-kicking aside. Um, he, uh, on there's a Trossard's goal where he just sort of stands there and sticks a leg out, hopefully, and it's like, that's not defending. <laughs> that's just terrible. Um, I, think yeah, it'd be a like bit... I, I don't know who played right back because they had that lad from they got that guy from Chelsea that Emerson. Oh, he's the left back. Um, yeah. Oh, is he the, uh, that's, No, yeah, left back. Sorry, but isn't like um, that Johnson? So Ben Johnson. Back as well? Ben Johnson's been playing a free role for them, or as, as Moyes calls it, a hybrid role, where he's basically like an extra midfielder come defender, but like it has no use whatsoever. I don't know why they do it. I'm sure they must that have any... Works if you, that, I say, that only works if you have... The, like 90% possession, that doesn't work. I couldn't tell who was playing at left-back, and I think Saka was having a great time. Because... Yeah, well, he would do. I, I, mean... I think the fact that you know, David's using the expression hybrid role, that, that's... <laughs> that, that's he's got no business doing that. He's, he's your 4-4 four, four fucking two manager. Fucking hell, don't let Paul Skulls fucking hear him say that. I'll get mad at <laughs> well, He's, he's too, too busy sucking his daughter's toes, so... <laughs> Oh. Oh. Not my fault. Don't blame me. <laughs> um, um, right, enough of that. The final game of the weekend. Um, oh, aye, it's full time. Um, anyway, the world's greatest midfielders. Anyway, well, well, as soon as we talk about it, did you enjoying the uh, the Palace right back lying on the floor trying to block the shot? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Um, the final game of the weekend. Uh, Aston Villa one, Manchester United two. Um, sorry. I'll let you have your way with this in a second, but um, a harsh result for Villa, I feel. Um, Villa had 23 shots, 10 on target, um, 10 corners. Could only find one goal. Um, what went wrong? It's Villa against United. <laughs> you, you mentioned, you said, harsh result. In nearly 30 years as a ticket holder, I've lost count of the amount of time away from Villa Park, having lost to Man Union. Fuck, we did not deserve to lose that game. We, we by beating them at home last season, that for the next 10, 15 years, I think, before we're allowed to beat them again. Like, <laughs> it's just the way it goes. So frustrating. Yeah. Like the first half, first half, I didn't think it was great, but you know, I thought it was fairly even. But the, the problem was we 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 recently started defending corners. Um, you know, Newcastle two in the third, in quick succession against us in corners. Uh, and yet again yesterday, obviously their their first goal from the corner, and every single one Maguire won. You know, at, at some stage I've been an idea to, to put a, a bigger defender marking him rather than a little midfielder, but didn't do that. And you know, one 0 down at, at half time, 
And like, at half time, it's gone, me and the lads were chatting. And I said, like, I said, I know we all know it's going to happen. We're going to come out the second, batter, equalise, look like we're going to win it. And then five minutes ago, they'll get the winner. Like, just, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And what's so annoying, they're so fucking shit. Like, they're such a bad team, man, yo. And, you know, at the end of last season, they finished third. We're scratching heads going, how about they finished third? We'll be doing exactly the same in May when they're in the top four. <laughs> because every time, they're shit. So then at the end, but but, but they get, they, they seem to get wins somehow. And then at the end of the season, when you look and see them in the top four, your brain starts panicking. It's going but every time they've been shit. So logically speaking, they can't possibly have got the amount of points needed to finish where they have, but they can somehow do it. I mean, we, you know, Onana, for that everyone I've been told, but, you know, every pundit tells you how great he is with the ball at his feet. Every time he had it, he kicked out for a throw-in. Like, he's fucking dreadful. And if only we thought, shoot like a yard either side of him, stop hitting them straight at him. Once he got the equaliser, Doggy had two more chances. Actually, they fell on his left foot. I think McGinn said in his interview afterwards, if they fall on his right foot, we'd probably win that game comfortably. The, the one, I think it was in the box. Re- regardless of his weaker foot, any sort of connection from where he won, that's in the back of the net. Um, one rare misstep, I think Emery can Bailey off. I really didn't understand that. You know, we just got the equaliser. He's up against Victor Lindor, who's a shit centre-back, playing at left-back. And Bailey and Diaby, and they, they were absolutely game So I, I thought that was a really, really strange decision. Like, bringing Tiedemann fine to take Bailey off was a really odd one. Bubikar Kamara went off. Uh, we've heard today on his ACL. He'll be out for the, the rest of the season. Yeah, that's three three players we've had do their ACL now. Um and we're kind of, we're also playing off centre-backs at the moment in Diego Carlos and Clement Longley, who are OK, but they're, you know, Longley is no Torres and Carlos is certainly no cons. And it just, the, I, I think what's happening, you know, every, every club has in the Newcastle have had loads of e-players and you've seen how it's affected where they are compared to where they were last season. I think with us, to be in the position that we're currently in, despite amounts of big injuries had to key players is quite frankly frankly fucking astonishing but it catches up on you and as I say we're currently playing our fourth and fifth choice centre half Kamara's the year now there's only so much in Koku before before it starts to catch up and I worry that, that that's what's going to happen I, th- I think hopefully Torres uh, Torres should be back next in concert I think we, from what we've been told maybe we won't be another couple of weeks so obviously we need them coming back but Kamara being out for, like he's he's one of those players he doesn't play for you and you don't watch him week out you might not necessarily realise like, just how fucking good he is and how important he is as well because we don't really have really properly like uh, what's what I'm looking for um like designated um, specific holding midfielder, you know we we will probably now either go Louise and begin in the middle or Louise and Tielemans, which is fine. But you're by doing that, if you put McGinn in the middle, you're asking Dougie to hold, which takes away from his natural game, and you're moving McGinn off the wide position where he's more effective. And it's the same if you bring Tielemans again, you're asking Dougie to hold, it doesn't suit him. And Tiedemans is better, sort of a bit further forward. So I, I think that injury, Kamara, I think that's, I think that's going to really, really hurt us as the season goes on. Is Tiedemans any good? Because every time I've seen him play, he's an absolute passenger when he's on the ball. Like he's got nothing about him physically. Like he just seems tired all the time. So 
he to start the season the first maybe five six weeks he was and then he he got I think in maybe late September and October um, we played away at Alk he played kind of sort of on the left of our midfield four but uh, switching with Bailey um, to play off the striker and then he got a run in the team and he he sort of he found his role there he's much better once he, he needed to like kind of get a rhythm of games and and play further forward and he he did really well but then because like I've mentioned some of the injuries we've had he was one of them he's only just come back and he he feels like the type of player that, when he comes back from it, needs a few games to get to get into the rhythm of it. Um, so he's he has he has he started off slow, but then he did get on a really good run. And you know, the, obviously the peak of our season was that four days we beat City and, and Arsenal, and he was he was excellent in those games. Um, but he's, he's just one of many we've had. Which, as I say, he's it's, it's finally starting to catch up with us. A final question: <clears throat> Would you have won this game with a better striker? Uh, I. No, I think we had Conza and Torres playing at centre-back rather than Carlos and Longley. I think we win that game very comfortably. I thought Watkins missed a lot of chances or should have done better with it, it some of the chances. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, they, we created to win to win that game. So it, it, to other people, it might sound mental that I've just made that point about, you know, I think we win more comfortably with Torres and Conza. Torres... Again, similar to Kamara, unless you're watching him week in, week out, he can maybe go under the radar just how he, he, important he is to the way we, we play out of our, of our attacking game because his passing ability from the back, he can... It's not like you know, long balls over the top of the field. He can play very quick and clever and accurate along the grounds, like dissect the opposite midfield into a Bailey or Thielen and McGinn in that sort of half turn on the half turn in that space between the opposition midfield and defence and, and that's all we can get at them so I, that's why I think Dems was more of a, uh, a miss rather than maybe a better striker Fair enough um, Chris any, anything for you to finish on this one? Yeah I don't understand that man. <laughs> like, every time I looked at Villa were on the attack and I, I saw people say that Inanna had a great game which I find hard to believe ever um, To be honest the board, yeah, hit, I, the board, the board seemed to hit him a lot I don't I mean obviously you know hmm. Some credit for the, that being in position, but he, the yeah. one from from Watkins right was like, and I mean it was pretty much straight at him. He does get have a strong hand, which mm. he's not had much. much mm. Was you know, there an opportunity? Right? Was there an opportunity for, to like make a save for the camera? Because that's all he does. <laughs> he's very much that type of goalkeeper. Yeah, the I mean, McGinn had a, a shot and was straight at him in real time, like a one to save. And then when, when we saw the replay on the big screen, it was like ah, it was straight at him. I, I, that's the of the, uh, the screens. What I did enjoy, and the cameraman missed a trickery in the first half. Southgate was at the game, and he the cameraman went, went to Southgate on the whole ground, started booing. <laughs> and I thought, why didn't he do that more often to get the crowd involved? You know, man, you're shit. And one of the uh, other bit of podcasts. Like, I just saw them tweet out after the game yesterday. The worst thing for Man United fans is Gary Neville trying to convince them that this was a really good Man United performance and this is them back because they're fucking... Oh, they're so shit. Harry Maguire got my... Oh, mate. Of course he did. How did you win 2-1 and you defend again? Yeah. I, I, I just hate about the uh, Bruno Fernandez. I mean, <sighs> I, I don't, I don't want him, I don't want him to get like, an illness that would kill him. 
certainly like a, a light debilitating illness be quite nice because he is just oh I'm going to say something bad in a minute so I'll have but to worse start. than that <laughs> 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 I thought I'd peak with Jonathan Pierce having to kill a lot of finger up his ass, but no no I think things have as usual taken a downwards turn from there um, wasn't me this week no Chris you're uh, it's, it's man you though like, uh, they've been, out, they've been out the worst and everybody done that I did laugh afterwards. Where Ten Hag was like, "See, see, I told you, Hoyland and Garnacho were good." I'm like, ah, "Yes, Eric." Oh, I really don't like Garnacho. And he was shit yesterday. He, he's he shit every really... week, but they yeah. him. He doesn't pass. <laughs> Fucking Brennan Johnson's got more ball sense. Like he's clearly a talented player. Like he's got some talent. He's that best kid on the playground footballer. No game sense. No fucking tactic. Doesn't pass. Just gets the ball and shoots off. But if he played in Sunday, he'd never make it. Because literally, you just crunch him constantly. Yeah. And let, yeah. like, oh, he's not going to pass, lads. But you can all just run at him and leave his teammates open. Because he doesn't pass to anyone. You know what else I'm sick of? Cobby Mainu. Cobby Mainu. Every time... Well, I, I, look, to be fair, he looks all right. He looks all right, but not brilliant, right? And I saw a thing on Twitter today. I was like, God, look at his chest control here. What he... He could have done it. He chests the ball down and gives it to Casemiro for a shot that goes over the bar. Like, yeah. Well done. You're a functioning midfield player. Well done. For... Lads, you've got to remember that all these other young, great young players that come through and and gone on to be, do amazing things in the Man United team. Um, Makeda, um, <laughs> you know, remember when he burst on the scene and yeah. he's he's gone on to do. Um, oh yeah, absolutely nothing. Um, James Garner. Um, Ravel Morrison, to be fair, was a good player. Um, all, all these players that come in and you never hear of again. That I mean, that mind, and I, I, I think he's. he's oh, he's good. He's decent enough. He's a enough, decent, like, decent young player. Like, yeah, I, I agree. But I mean, but the talk of him sort of getting that he's going to get an England call up, and like if if he was if he put the performances put put in this season for Crystal Palace, fucking nowhere near being mentioned. Could he play some Man U? Like Lewis Miley, hmm. he's more deserving. Absolutely. Well, someone made this argument on Twitter as usual, where like every time any young player is in a run of form, it's like, oh, he's the best, right? There's no like, (laughs) he's doing doing right. No, no, he's the best midfielder. He's the best young midfielder in the world. And someone was like, Lewis Miley's better than him. And the Man United fan came back, Lewis, who? No idea you're talking about. It's like, well, they played against each other in December, and one of them won the game, and the other one didn't have a kick. So, so they're very ignorant. Yeah. but with, with Southgate being there, that's my new Maguire. You know, Maguire got man the match, so that's that's him nailed to start for the oh, just uh, fucking hate to, that club. To be fair, we don't have many goals at the moment. We'll be checking a Nardner's passport just in case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh well. Look on the bright side, Chelsea won three one and Monday football. Surround up a shit weekend. <laughs> well, I'll cheer you up, Si, right? I had a good weekend, Si, to be fair. What do you... oh, that makes me happen. Where, where do you live, Si? In the, in the Midlands area? Uh, I live in... Lovely, right. Do you reckon you get to Wolverhampton on the 18th of April? Uh... Oh, God, here we go. Here oh. we go. Here we go. Who you seen Wolverhampton? It's what I think you're about to... It's not as good as last time, but it's a close second. Um, <laughs> how do you feel we're going to see Eric Cantona sings live? What? <laughs> oh shit! Eric Cantona. Oh, Eric Cantona is doing a tour where he sings. Um, he's coming to uh, Dublin, Glasgow, Aberdeen, Newcastle, Leeds. Oh, where, where in uh, the Wolf Run Hall? Wolf's felt with a oh, U the in the middle of it. Fucking hell! The Wolf Run Hall's got a big fence. Oh, I mean, he's gone hard. Like, I mean, he's also playing Shepherd's Bush Empire. <laughs> Wow, that's, that's uh, bold for a first tour. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to let you lads know that in a couple of weeks' time, Jeremy Carragher's in Plymouth. 
for an evening with Jamie Carragher. I was going to oh. go and glass the fucker. Plymouth? <laughs> yeah. God knows why he's in Plymouth. I saw his son wow. was <laughs> in Vanessa now or something. He went to see him at the weekend. Eric Cantonos. Ah, it's a oh, real thing. man. I don't know what he sings. Oh, oh he's... <laughs> Tell you what, man, he's got a new song out. It's called The Friends We Lost. Who asked, who asked oh. Ross if, if we could make it the, the intro to the pod? <laughs> I, no, I, I heard that a few ago. It's actually not as bad as you'd imagine. Am I editing, am I editing again this week? Cause if yes, you are. Oh, that yes. is the intro to the pod then. Great. And um, he's got a new song out called uh, Two, as in T U, Me, as in Me, and Deras. It's probably French, probably not pronounced like that, but. Oh. What's this? Oh, it's a, oh, you can buy it on Amazon. Oh, okay. well, I'm not going to do that, but still. Oh, he's uh, actually got an album out called Make My Own. <laughs> well, he will. Please oh, tell sorry. me this is on Spotify. It is? It's on Spotify and Amazon Music? Oh, yes. <laughs> blur, blah, Greggy. Sacre Bleu. Yeah, fo- footballer, actress, yeah, anything I cannot do. Yeah, any of those things that aren't full. <laughs> I think he's alright for himself. You know, I think he'll make it. <laughs> We might, we might just. I might just. I'm gonna put it at the end of the podcast in the beginning. Would you, I don't. I don't want to peak too high. Would you rather we went to see the Ron Atkinson live show or the Eric Cantona sings live show? Oh, the Eric wow. Cantona one, definitely. Hundred percent Eric Cantona. What was that other one that you shared the other day? It was big one, wasn't it? Oh, it was a big one. Yeah. Um. I. 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 I go and. See. Yeah, we, we were. We, we were gonna go to. Um. Oh my God, we could do them back to back. Right. So. And we, uh, <laughs> An evening with Ron Atkinson and Carlton Palmer, right, oh. is on April the 13th, which is in Workshop. Now, where is Workshop? I hear you ask. Workshop. Uh, where is oh, Workshop? It's, um, I don't know where any of these places are. Nottinghamshire, right? That's quite the middle, isn't it? Oh, that's go. quite, yeah, it's quite close. That's not too far, yeah. Uh, not too far from there. They go, it's, we'll all crash at size for a while. Oh, wow, yeah. it, it, it's, <laughs> it's 15 miles south of Doncaster, right? So that's, give you an idea of where that okay, is. That... Now, that's the 13th. The 14th is in Newcastle. Eric Cantona. So we'll, we'll, we can do that. Or, oh, there you go. So yeah, we'll, get to, we'll stay at Sawyer's. Yeah. What a weekend. Uh, is it a weekend? <laughs> is it, I'm going to guess these aren't prime times. Well, Chris, you're wrong. Saturday the 13th and Sunday the 14th. Oh, shit, they are. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We can have the podcast on the 14th. With Big Ron. Yeah, we've been wrong. There you go. Yeah. Oh my God! Big... The beauty with podcasts is you can edit any any other big one, you know, non more non PC views before putting oh, it out. I reckon if you buy him a rum and coke, he'll say whatever the fuck you want him to anyway. What? Uh, why is Rod Atkinson doing a tour? No one wants this. Eric Cantona's playing the, the Apollo. Like, ah, uh, I mean, to be fair, there are bigger crimes in the world. I'm just realised we're still recording. Right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> If anyone's... Uh, you in for a treat at the end. Let, let us know how uh, Eric Cantona is. Right. Um, si, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, so on Twitter, it's at Si O'Regan and Villa fans, the Holtcast podcast. Mm, Chris, where can they find you? Uh, on all the online things at XIX Superb. You can find me on X slash Twitter at CM9798 and the website is CM9798.co.uk. You can follow the show at Man on the Post, and we're available on all your favourite podcast places. Um, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you. Thank you very much. I feel like I've been in some sort of time warp. I don't know where the last hour and, hour and ten minutes has gone, but 
I can't remember it. any of the... Oh, All I'm thinking about is his album. Yeah. Like, as soon as we start recording, I'm hitting Spotify. <laughs> oh, I'm downloading it so I can, so I can be in the podcast. <laughs> See, let, let's make Eric number one. <laughs> oh, 100%. Good. <laughs> can't now, bizarrely, top in the charts this week on streams. It's... <laughs> oh, that's not... <laughs> Right, uh, au revoir from us, and always remember to keep your man on the post. Watch the trees, one's uses for. The all of love is much too small. Watch yourself in the mirror. Someone you hate, someone you love. Bad and cry with the world's difference. The friends we lost, the time we waste. Some of us have to pay the bills. In peace, our enemies. Lovely flowers.